So we're, we're going to spend the next 25 or 30 minutes talking about what God's word says about us and about the world and about him. Because God speaks in a way that we don't, sometimes it's hard to understand. Sometimes it's hard to, to get our heads around that. And, and sometimes we just don't want to, for being honest. And, and so I, I want to say, if you're in any of those places or you have questions or doubts, come talk to me, come talk to any of us up front, any of our staff, our ministry team, we would love to talk with you. Uh, we don't want you to have to ask those questions in isolation, but, but to come and, and do it, and we can do that together. No one has it all figured out. We're, we're all trying to walk a better walk and closer to the Lord. So maybe we can do that with each other. So let, let's jump in. All right, the book of Jeremiah, one of the books of the Bible, tells the story of the idolatry and unfaithfulness of God's people. God cared for them. He was with them. He loved them. But time and time again, Israel turned their back on God and sought life, joy, and fulfillment in other things. Jeremiah 2 puts it this way, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, to hew for themselves, hew, make for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns which can hold no water. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, to make for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, which can hold no water. And y'all, we're not that different from the Israelites. What are the broken cisterns that you turn to to satisfy you? Not asking you to answer that out loud. Just in your, in your mind, in your heart, what are the broken cisterns that you turn to? What are the things that you look to for life and joy outside of God? A, a really good summary of what the Bible has to say, says this about us. The chief end of man and or woman is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. The chief end of man and or woman is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Our purpose on this planet is to live all of life for God and to find our joy in him. This semester, we're talking about the fruit of the spirit, those qualities that God's spirit produces in all those who follow Jesus. Last week, we covered the fruit of the spirit of love, and tonight we're going to talk about joy. Let's look at it in the context that we get it from God in his word. So turn to Galatians 5. If you have your Bible, it'll be in verses 22 and 23. It'll also be on the screen behind me. Um, and I've told you all this, but we're going to read the, the text that all these fruit of the spirit are coming from each week. And then each week, we're going to also look at a, a passage that deals with that particular fruit of the spirit. Does that make sense? So we're going to look at Galatians 5 first, and then we'll look at our text that deals with joy, which is the fruit of the spirit we'll cover tonight. All right, so Galatians 5, 22 and 23. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with, with its passions and desires. So love, joy, and that's the one we're going to be looking at tonight. So if you have a Bible, Philippians 4 is where we're going to sit down. And again, that'll be on the screen behind me. And we'll do verses 4 through 9 of Philippians 4. It says this, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. From this text in Philippians 4, I want to focus on rejoicing in the Lord. I want to talk about that phrase, in the Lord. I want to talk about rejoicing always. So I want to talk about what it looks like to rejoice always. And then I want to talk about three different helps for our joy. So rejoicing in the Lord, rejoicing always, and then three pretty practical helps for our joy. That's where we're going to go tonight. So rejoice in the Lord. Verse 4 contains two commandments. Did you see them? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. The two commandments are really just one command that gets repeated. The command to rejoice. And we're told not just that we are to rejoice, but also how we're to rejoice. We're to rejoice in the Lord. Now, to rejoice is to live with your joy in something. But what is joy? So think about joy this way. Christian joy finds its basis in God. That's important. Christian joy finds its basis in God. It's a contentment that is deeply rooted in God's goodness, power, and presence. And it's not dependent on our circumstances. So to rejoice in the Lord is to live with our joy in God. It is to find our greatest contentment and deepest fulfillment in knowing God and then living all of life for Him. The, the problem is, and we said this a few moments ago, we're just like God's people back in Jeremiah's day. We're constantly walking by the fountain of living water to make for ourselves wells with holes that hold no water. And so we turn from God and we turn to other things for our joy and our fulfillment. Just to be clear, what are some of those things? Y'all can talk back to me here. What are some of the things that we turn to for our joy? Approval of, a a approval of others. Or any sort, I think is what you said. What is that? Relationships. Relationships. 
Experiences. Success. Money. Money, 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 money. What else? Huh? Status. Status. Yep. Go ahead, Ethan. Sex. Sex. I think think y'all have what's it? Control. Control. Yeah. Approval. Approval. Yeah. Think think y'all have hit some of the, the big ones there. Listen to C.S. Lewis on this. The quote will be behind me. He's got great insight on this. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Here's what he's saying. Think about who God is. He's perfect. He's all-powerful. He's glorious. He's beautiful. He's creative. Y'all, I love living in the valley. I love these mountains. When I go away from here and I'm driving back from the airport, I'm like, "Ah, all is right with the world. And y'all, we got up this morning and what did we see? Who saw that coming? Wasn't it beautiful? And the right kind, like beautiful, but not messing up your life. It was gorgeous. And y'all, that beauty, that glory is just a glance of the glory and the beauty that is God. Anything that you behold in creation is just a glimpse of God's glory and God's beauty. He is good, He's just, He's true, He's rich in mercy and abounding in steadfast love. We talked about that last week. He is kind and gracious. He is faithful and never failing. He is with you and He is for you and in His presence is fullness of joy. So let me ask you, what can you turn to that compares to Him? It's just mud pies. He's the holiday at the sea. Think about the things y'all just gave me when I asked you that question. Sex, money, status, approval, possessions. I forget what the others were. They don't even come close. None of those can carry the weight of your joy. Only God can do that because only God was meant to do that. So where is your joy? Is it in the Lord? If we're going to be a people of joy, it's got to start with our joy in the Lord. We rejoice in the Lord, but we rejoice always. You see it there in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I think the Apostle Paul says it this way, because I think what he means is not only when it's easy or natural or comfortable. 
but rejoice always. So rejoice in the Lord when you get the devastating diagnosis. Rejoice in the Lord when disappointment and despair hang like clouds over your life. Rejoice in the Lord when loneliness seems to be your closest friend. Or when you bomb that test. Or when your relationship is more hurt than help. Or when life in general doesn't go according to plan. Yes, then rejoice in the Lord always. And I think key to this idea is that we understand joy is not a feeling. It's a determination of the heart to find our contentment in God. Nor is joy the same as happiness. Happiness is circumstantial. It comes and it goes based on our circumstances. Joy is theological. By that I mean it's rooted in God and who He is. Not our circumstances. And because God never changes, our joy never has to change. And so whatever comes, our joy remains because God remains. Now, to be sure, I'm not, I'm not selling to you some pie-in-the-sky unicorns and fairies, whatever else goes on that list, kind of Christianity. To be sure, our joy will be tried. And I know a lot of you in this room, and I know a lot of your stories, and I know y'all know this, because some of y'all have some hard stories. So to be sure, our joy will be tried. Y'all, Paul is writing Philippians from prison. The, the person writing this knew this joy that, that was not based in his circumstances. So it will be tried. At times, our joy might wane and we might struggle to find joy. That's called being human. But ultimately, if it's rooted in God, it will never change. So we can rejoice always because of who God is, not because of what our circumstances are. Now, I know of very few people who've lived this as well as one of our own in here. And I want you to hear from him. Tim, why don't you come on up? Hello, everybody. My name is Tim. Um, first thing you should know about me. This absolutely terrifies me. So, <laughs> if I'm taking long pauses or chugging water, you know why. Um, so about a year ago, early February last year, um, I passed out in my house a few minutes before I was leaving for class. Um, and I couldn't catch my breath, so I was taken to the hospital uh, by an ambulance. And as soon as I got there, they ran all sorts of tests, including a CT scan that showed blood clots in my lungs pulmonary embolism for those of you who know things. Um, about 90% of my arteries were blocked and they told me that I had about three hours left to live. Um, so immediately they took me up, put me under, and I received open heart surgery to remove the clots, um, which went well. And since then I have been put on blood thinners and have made a lot of progress, um, but have not healed in a lot of ways that I was supposed to. So still seeing specialists and getting testing done with specialists at UVA. Um, 
As I'm coming up on a year since this, I reflected on how much has changed in a year. I thought that that was going to be a very hard thing, but I've been overwhelmed with how much good God has done in my life through this. The Lord has answered countless prayers of mine, one of those including, I didn't feel loved, which I'll talk more about in a second, but ultimately, he brought me out of a life that was simply not glorifying him in any way. Um, I can name so many things that he has done for me in the past year, and that doesn't even account for the many, many things that I am completely unaware of. Um, God put me in a place where I couldn't do anything physically and caused me to slow down where all I could do was cry out to him. Um, so Joe wanted me to talk about how God gave me joy through all of this, and a huge part of that was this community. Um, before my surgery, I came to a couple RU event, RUF events, maybe like five or ten, but not many. Um, but while I was in the hospital, this community, um, they wrote me a card with many encouraging sweet notes in it, made a video for me, encouraging me, and sent it to me. Many of you made meals, many of you made meals for my entire family while I was in the hospital. Thank you. Um, to those of you who did things like that, I will never be able to tell you how much that means. Um, hundreds of people have reached out to me and prayed for me. And I wish that I would have counted the number of people who have come up to me here or in church or at a camp and said, hello, my name is, I've been praying for you, people mm -hmm. that I've never met before. And I can't think of a better way that the Lord could have made me feel more loved than that. Mm -hmm. God gave me joy by bringing me into a community um, of believers to lead me back to him and remind me of his faithfulness and sovereignty. And by being in the word more and around them, my relationship with the Lord has grown substantially, which brings joy in itself. Mm -hmm. I stopped looking for joy in worldly things and how much I thought others loved me and found that joy in the Lord. Something I've looked back on a lot throughout this is the story of Job in the Bible, which I know a lot of you know. Um, Job was a very rich man with Lots of land, lots of possessions, lots of animals, many servants, and um, many children. And in one day, uh, Job lost all of that. All of his possessions, all of his children, everything he knew. Right after Job is told this, this is what is written in Job chapter 1. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. Mm -hmm. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I think I did not lose nearly to what Job has lost. I've lost a few things that I can do, but I've gained so much more by God bringing me closer to him and depending on him more than ever. The more I do that and praise him for what he has done for me, the more joy I find no matter the circumstance. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Tim. What, what you just heard is a joy rooted in God, specifically God's goodness, power, and presence. Tim's joy is unchanged because God does not change. So where is your joy? Is it in God who never changes or is it in something else that, that will eventually let you down? That something else will not hold 
It's a cistern with holes. It will not satisfy. Can you rejoice always because your hope is in God who is good and strong and with you always? Joy doesn't always come easily, but there are things we can do to foster and grow our joy. And that's what I want to finish talking about. Three helps to foster and growing our joy. Helps for our joy. Well, we've kind of we've camped out here in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And if you look at the verses that follow here in Philippians 4, might seem like they're disconnected from and unrelated to joy. But I think they're here in Philippians 4 because they go hand in hand with joy, especially if we think about them as helps to our joy. Let's talk about them. Help number one, verse 5, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. So reasonableness is is graciousness. It's a humble, patient, steadfastness that trusts in God in spite of being wronged. It's a gracious spirit that puts the interests of others above our own. So how do those qualities relate to joy? Let me ask you this. Have you ever known a rigid, demand-my-own-way kind of person who was joyful? Have you ever known a self-centered and divisive person to be overflowing with joy? I can answer those two questions for you. You haven't, because those things kill our joy. Instead, be humble, be gentle, be gracious, and you'll know joy. By the way, sidebar here, The key to this humility and gentleness and graciousness that we're talking about is this. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. That's the gateway. That's the door to what we're talking about here. And and really to all that we're talking about tonight. Because by nature, we're sinful, we're selfish, we're self-protective. Everything about us is oriented to the self. And the only thing that can bring us out of that is to look upon and to trust in Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. In His infinite grace, He took away our sin and He promises to make us new. And so as we come and we drink deeply of His grace, and daily, by the way, this isn't something you you do at the beginning of your Christian life and then move on from. This is like food and water and air. I don't know why I'm doing that. Food (laughs) Food and water and air. We need them every day. We need the grace of God. And and if we'll come and drink deeply of His grace, you know what? We'll be filled with grace. And then that grace will overflow to others. That's how it works. All right. So help number one, be gentle. Be gracious. Help number two, don't be anxious, but pray. You see it there in verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, just a big word for asking, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Why does Paul have to say this? I think he says this because our hearts are prone to anxiety. Which if you stop, if you take a a step back and think about it, it's crazy, isn't it? 
Because does anxiety help? <laughs> Never helps. Not even a little bit. Have you ever gotten through something and said, you know, I, I wish I had worried more. That would have helped the situation. <laughs> and, and not only does anxiety not help, it kills our joy. So Paul tells us what to do instead. Pray. Go to God. Take your requests to him. He loves you and he cares for you. And then he qualifies it. He says, do it all with thanksgiving. And I love that he includes that, that he includes thanksgiving because gratitude is one of the best fertilizers for our joy. Grateful people are joyful people. And joyful people are grateful people who pray. So don't be anxious, but pray. Help number three, fill your mind with what is good. Fill your mind with what is good. You see it there in verses eight and nine. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What we fill our minds with matters. So what do you spend your time thinking about? What are, what are the greatest influencers for your thoughts? Social media? Celebrities? The false narratives that, that swirl around in your head? I'm my own worst enemy on that, by the way. I tell myself all kinds of lies and accusations. And I listen to them. None of those things will bring peace or fill you with joy. So the Apostle Paul says, think on what is good and right and true. And where do you find that? Right here, what we're doing right here tonight, in God's word, in his presence and among his people. So give yourself to these things and you'll fill your mind with what is good. And then what flows out of you will be good. And on top of that, you'll be filled with joy. Let me finish really quickly just by saying this. I think true joy is a distinctly Christ-like quality. It's a distinctly Christ-like and Christian quality. Hebrews 12 says this, Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Now, normally, ordinarily, we would never think we would hear the word joy and cross in the same sentence. Like those two things should not go together. But Jesus, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Even in the hardest, most excruciating moment of his life, the cross, Jesus had joy. And if you belong to Jesus by faith, this indestructible joy is yours. Because if you belong to Jesus by faith, his spirit lives in you and he's producing joy in you. So come, come now and find your joy in Jesus 
And as you do that, leave from this place with this joy. The world needs it. Your neighbors need it. And you need it. So rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let's pray. Father, we pray and we ask that you would give us joy. That we would rejoice in the Lord. That we would rejoice always. And that we would think upon that our minds would be full of what is good and right and true. And in all that, O oh Lord, we pray that you would make us a joyful people, full of the joy of Christ. Lord, by your Spirit, produce that in us. And may the world see and know that you are Savior and Lord because of our joy. Father, we're thankful for your work in Tim. Thank you for his sharing with us tonight. Thank you that he has joy, even with all that's gone on in his life. And Lord, I pray that you would cause that kind of joy to bubble up in, in each one of us. And Lord, would it start at the cross of Jesus for each of us. May we know the true joy that comes through him. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.